Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. This show presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. Our guest today, Ken Seals. Ken joins us every week to talk Vanderbilt football. So with that, let's get straight to our interview with Ken Seals. Ken Seals joins us for his weekly visit. Ken, thanks for joining us. We postponed this a little bit. We usually do it Monday nights. You've come down with a cold. You sound much better on Wednesday afternoon as we do this. This will air probably Thursday. But uh, glad you were feeling better. Thank you for joining us today. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Let's talk about the Kentucky game. First thing is you had a hip injury. Tell us what happened, how you're feeling. Yeah, uh, just uh, kind of got caught up underneath the guy. Um, it was a you know a combination of a couple different plays that ended up uh, compounding over the course of the first half. Um, it's been feeling better. I uh, obviously I'm I'm still participating in practice, um, getting better where, where I can, and um, you know still doing all the reps that you know they're letting me do. So um, I'm I'm feeling good, but uh, it um, it is disappointing to not be able to finish that game, um, especially you know as excited as I was coming back from you know my previous injury to only get to play the first half was um, uh, disappointing and discouraging. But um, you know I uh, I realized that there's other plans for me right now, um, and uh, I just got to trust uh, that it's all working out for me. How did your week of practice go leading up to the Kentucky game? It was actually um, one of my best weeks of practice that I had ever had, or at least this season. Um, I was getting, you know, Coach Lynch and Coach uh, Lee coming up to me saying that, you know, I really hadn't looked better uh, since they've seen me. And uh, that gave me a lot of confidence. And I felt really good going out there on Saturday. And I felt calm and like I was in control and knew what I was doing. And, um yeah, I was just really excited to play football on Saturday and uh, didn't get to play as much as um, I wanted. I know the Kentucky game was not what you guys wanted. Um, kind of got out of hand pretty quickly. But as you go back and watch film, what have you learned about that good and bad? Yeah, I mean, offensively, you know, my um, my quick uh, – turnaround of uh, points the picks that went for a six um kind of started a whole 21 point unanswered run by kentucky and uh ended up putting us down 31 three at the half um that's just something that you know a momentum swing like that can't happen and uh, i thought we get it did a really good job as a team battling back i think you know in the second half uh we won the point spread 14 to three and um, I thought that was that was really good to see that our guys uh, finished the game outright and um, almost put us in a position to go out there and have a chance to play for it in the end. And, um, you know, that's a good team. They had a, a strong start to the year. They had lost three in a row or whatever uh, these last three weeks. And so um, they'd kind of been trying to feel out who they are and um, have been kind of licking their wounds as uh, what we were talking about. And um, you know, I don't think that we held them to like a high regard or like overestimated who they were. I thought we came out and we played 
Um, obviously, on offense, we got to clean up some of the uh, pre-snap procedures, um, and that you know is on the quarterback too for taking control of the offense, making sure that you know if we're going on a different cadence, that it's more than clear enough to everyone what what's the cadence on that uh, we're not jumping because um, that's just you know, discipline issues, and um, obviously, I can help with that. Um, and that threw our timing off on a lot of uh, drives because we were moving the ball. Like, we were converting third downs. We were getting down the field, um, and we were effectively moving the ball. Um, it's just we shot ourselves in the foot a couple times, um, whether it be penalties or taking a sack when I don't need to, um, different things like that. And so uh, it's all out there for us, like, you know, I, I, I've continued to say. And um, uh, I obviously had felt like that, if I could have played in the game, that it it was going well. But um, you know, I'm I want to play football and uh, I want to get out there and uh, play the game. And it feels like uh, I haven't been able to do that much this season, and uh, it's been disappointing. And uh, it's tough uh, not being able to um get out there uh, with your boys, and uh, especially you know anticipating this for you know the last three or four weeks now. And uh, just not living up to the expectations, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, that had to be tough, too. You're, you're sitting over there limping on the sidelines. And, you know, from that vantage point, you're watching another guy under center. What did you make of the second half, you know, how Mike did all those sorts of things as, as you're watching from the sidelines? Yeah, Mike played great. I mean, Mike did a really good job weeding the offense. And um, Mike knows how to play the game his way. And uh, he does a really good job of extending plays, making plays on with his feet on the ground. And, um, you know, we only had three drives in the second half. And two of them were touchdowns. And the last one was a weird, you know, two-minute drive sequence with four minutes left on the clock. So, I mean, um, but the two drives that were touchdowns were like 11 and 12-play drives. Like, they were long, like, time-consuming, like, exhausting drives that uh, the defense you know has to go against and line up play after play after play that's tough and uh, I thought he did a really good job and um, you know uh, one thing that you know coach Lynch talks about is we had a a good day in the quarterback room you know aside from my mistake that I wish I'd have I really wish that I could get back um, you know I thought I played you know a pretty decent game I put the ball in play make made good decisions uh, converted on, you know, some crucial third downs to keep drives going. Um, obviously, like I already talked about, we got to claim to the penalties, but, um, you know, Mike played well, and uh, I thought the quarterbacks had a good day on Saturday. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville, And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. 
Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. You mentioned the, the intercepts, and I know that's one that you you wish you could have had back. What would you have done differently on that play now? Was it just a, a defender you didn't see, or, or how did that all happen? Yeah, um, no. It, I mean, the way that that play's designed is it's a naked, so it's a play-action boot. And um, they brought, you know, it was kind of like almost one of those play calls where they called the perfect pressure into it. And so they brought, we call it a flame, which is pretty much the sandbacker plus the mic off the edge. And um, there's no one to protect those guys. And it's kind of like on me. Like, my, my rules are don't take a sack and, um, you know, throw it out of bounds, throw it incomplete, whatever. But, um, uh, yeah, I was I, I saw the flame. One guy had, uh, grabbed Cam and the other guy was uh, blitzing. And so I was just going to throw it over Cam's head as, you know, a throwaway. But um, <laughs> the guy that was, you know, man on uh, Ben going down the sidelines had peeled off and, it kind of just fell right in his lap. And, it, you know, as soon as I saw him come off, I was like, there's no way. And so uh, if I could do it again, I'd just put it right in Cam's feet, um, just almost like a spike, um, just, you know, not take the sack. Or, you know, even watching film, I, it looks like I almost could have got around uh, the blitz if I had kept running and uh, maybe made a play. So um, just, you know, I think seeing that blitz, just not freaking out, knowing that, you know, Obviously, that's the one thing that can get us, but just because that they call it, you know, the play's not dead. So, um, yeah, just always got to be smart with the football, no matter where I'm throwing it. If I'm throwing it away, you know, make sure it's a smart throw away. Don't, you know, throw it into something stupid and just give it to them like, like that happens. So. You mentioned only having three drives in the second half and, and scoring on two of them. I know that when you watch film, you're, of course, watching – Ole Miss's defense, but I know you're aware of their offense, how fast it plays, how good mm -hmm. Matt Corral is, and the importance of staying on the field. What do you guys have to do as an offense this week to make sure that just doesn't go lightning fast where they are you know, ripping down the field and drives and doing the things they can do? What do you guys have to do as an offense to do your part in terms of just holding on to the ball? Yeah, I mean, we got to that, – that's just it. We got to hold on to the ball. We got to control the game. Um, and managing the game on first and second down, you know, if you're not getting yards on first and second down, it's going to be real hard to convert on third down. But um, as long as we're on the field, uh, Ole Miss doesn't have a great offense when they're on the sidelines, you know. So just making sure that as much as we can take up long drives and finish with touchdowns, like that's the most important thing. If we're not finishing with touchdowns, we don't have a shot against this offense. And they're fast, and our defense is game planning for that, and we're giving them as close to a look as they're going to get on Saturday during this week of prep. And, um, you know, I have confidence in what our defensive game plan is going to be and our guys to go out and execute it. But, you know, as an offense, we got to give them as much help as we can, giving them breaks on the sideline. That's an important part of holding the ball, too, is giving your defense uh, some time to rest and, like, talk about what's happening and, you know, get their, get their mind straight um, so they can go back out and do it again on another drive. And also, you know, just – uh, eliminating the number of times that Ole Miss can have the football because they don't need much to go and score. And um, as fast as they are and as good as they are, the talent that they got on the, that side of the ball, um, we want to try and keep them on the bench as much as possible. 
Ken, I want to ask you about three of your offensive teammates. I'll ask you one at a time. These are guys that have stepped up and taken bigger roles, or at least did last week. One is Patrick Smith, your running back, who frankly had a pretty good game and has flashed some things at Florida. He looks like a guy who is really starting to come at his own and can do a lot of things to help your offense. Yeah, and he, he really has. He's, he's a really good athlete, and he works hard. In practice coach McKenzie uh, the running backs coach gets all of our running backs working hard in practice and it really does show on game days and I think I've actually talked about it once already before but I mean the way that those guys work um, during the week um, is it's just it's not like any other position they you know on run plays when you know, guys are bouncing off of them and we're running through like scout team you know we'll be on like the 50 yard line but they're like finishing full speed all the way through the end zone like this going like an actual like game rep touchdown it's it's impressive and um those guys uh, work really hard and especially patrick smith you know that dude's talented he's young um i'm you know really proud of the way that he's worked to keep up with you know the game plan and the plays and you know he's not one of those guys that you know you you call uh you break the huddle and then he's kind of sitting next to you he's like all right what am i doing on this you know because i've had backs that are like that uh, not necessarily here, but, um, you know, you don't got to baby him. He, um, he takes care of himself and, uh, he's tough. The dude is super tough. You know, he's getting a lot of carries and taking a lot of hits and especially for a young guy that can, uh, that could be hard, but he's, um, he's done a really, really good job this season, uh, carrying his load. Ken, the second guy I want to ask you about, Xavier Delphin Castillo, he has been starting games at guard. That's not an easy spot for a freshman, and not just a freshman, but a true freshman, first year on campus, to break in. What are you seeing from him? Yeah, Xavier is a he, – yeah, he's a, he's talented. He um, is a quiet guy, so I didn't get to know him much at first, but um, – these past couple of weeks, you know, he's been playing more and uh, got his first start recently, and uh, everyone's super excited for him. He's a he's a great guy. He's got a great personality, and everyone loves to be around him. Um, and he's just a really good dude. You know, I can tell uh, Coach Blas uh, pushes him in practice, and uh, you know, demands a lot from him uh, mentally and physically. Um, but the dude, you know, obviously he's big, strong. He's got all the physical capabilities that he needs. Um, and he's, he's getting to learn a lot this year and, uh, you know, it helps having, um, Bradley next to him who also, uh, got to play last year as a true freshman. Um, and so he helps him out. And I think, you know, the offensive line does a good job working together and that uh, being a cohesive unit and all helping each other out and, um, certainly gives, you know, me confidence back there and, uh, you know, staying in the pocket and not leaving. The last guy I want to ask you about, with Will Shepard out of the game, and I believe they said he had the flu and, and missed the game for that reason, Amir Abdul-Rahman stepped up and had a really big game in his absence. He's not seen the field a ton this year, but he yeah. showed what you and I both know he can do. How important is he to you guys going forward? Yeah, I was really hoping this was going to be one of the three players because Amir has worked uh, really hard for that, and um, it uh, – it's been a tough year for him. It, uh, he hasn't gotten everything that he's wanted. And then me and him have a, had a lot of talks about it and the, how frustrating it's been. But he's uh, he doesn't complain. Like, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, you could see when they don't get the ball or things aren't going their way, they're not getting in the game. 
you know, especially being, you know, one of the older guys on the team. It's not like he's a young player or anything. He's seen the field and, you know, been here longer than I have. Um, but, you know, he doesn't, you know, complain to me or to the coaches or anyone else. He comes to work, comes to practice, uh, continues to get better. And um, I think, you know, I'm just really proud of uh, proud of him, proud of his work. And uh, I'm happy for him because I know that uh, he's been wanting to get out there and perform uh, like he did for a while now. And um, he's a. Uh, He's an important part of the team, you know, not just at receiver and the talent he brings, but also uh, socially and uh, what he brings to the locker room. Um, he's kind of like one of those guys that can gel everyone together. Um, you know, not really, you know, he's not part of like any clique. Or only talks to this group of guys. You know, he's you know one of the guys whenever I was a freshman that I first like started to connect with as a, you know, as friends. And um, I, I really like him. And uh, he's he's a huge part of this team and uh, who we are and uh, our identity. Um, and so uh, I'm really happy that he got out there on the field and was able to show, you know, everyone on the team and the coaches what he's still capable of. And uh, it's something I hadn't seen from him in a while, but uh, it sure uh, it sure was nice to see from him. And I know he's happy that he was able to do it. Ken, are you ready for some questions from the mailbag? Yep, I'm ready. Let's get after it. All right. Our mailbag, as always, presented by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, please call Taylor or Russell, that number, 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Okay. ATL Door says, can you settle this week's message board debate, yay or nay, on the uniforms you wore on Saturday? Oh, there was a debate in the message boards? There's a debate. Wow. I thought they were awesome. What's the message board saying? Well, some some people don't like them. Uh, they might really? be the, the older guard. I, I, I was not a big fan. I, I think this is a generational thing. Really? What was it? Like, what, what, what didn't you like about it? I don't know. I would have black pants or something. It was just a little too much black for me. Too much? Wow. No, I thought, especially watching film, I'm just like, wow, like we look sharp. Maybe it is a generational thing. I don't really know, but I thought that they looked really clean. I guess, you know, the whole color rush thing is kind of like a, a new deal that's, you know, not not normal. But uh, no, like I I thought that they were awesome. I felt I felt like I looked good. I felt like we all looked good. And yeah, no, I'm surprised that there was even a debate about that. I felt super good in those. Yeah, it just needed a little something else. Um, I don't huh. see Tennessee did the same. Tennessee went all black with and orange stripes, and, and I liked I liked yours better than theirs. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think you guys have some sharp combos. That just wasn't my favorite, but I think it's. I really think it's an age thing. I think black uniforms started coming into vogue. I don't know, ten, fifteen years ago, and so a lot of teams do this. And look, sometimes you do it as a one-off thing. You mentioned the color rush thing. That's a big thing in the NFL. I've just never been a fan of those either. I think it's a matter of personal taste. But if you guys like them and it attracts recruits, then you know, that probably carries a lot more weight than what I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they look sharp. I, I I like the all black look. It just it's just clean. It's you know not really that complicated. Um, I think it you know just looks sharp overall. But uh. Wow, no, that's funny. I didn't even know there's debate going on the message boards about that. 
So how does that work when you guys are getting a new uniform? Did, did the players have input in that? How do you find out? Is that on a team meeting? Do you all see it on Twitter? How did you guys find out about this one? Yeah, so for this one, we, um, I think we had heard about it. We had heard something about uh, having a, a new uniform for senior night, and then we saw the the video that was released either on uh, Twitter, Instagram, or whatever about the uh, the all black uh, blackout uniforms. Obviously, you know they had used uh, Mike and Anthony to model the uniforms, and so they had kind of told us like, "Hey, this is this is what's coming." And so we had heard about it, and then we saw the video, and that's how we got to see the jerseys for the first time. Um, and I think uh, last year, like. Uh, Coach uh, Coach Mason like had the the skyline helmet the the glitter one that we wore um, for a game or something. Uh, he like unveiled that to us after a practice or something like brought out of a box. But it's not typically something that they ask for our opinions on. Um, it's kind of presented to us uh, that week or um, you know a week or two prior. Um, but everyone was super hyped. I think the whole team was fired up to have a uh, have a blackout uniform. The next one, I know you know that the renderings of the new facilities were released last week. So with that, Dusty Orleans uh, asked, what are your knowledge or what are your thoughts on the renderings? Did the team have knowledge of the plan to any useful detail before the release? Yeah, we had a – so we, I had obviously talked to Coach Lee a little bit about it, and he said you know, he was just excited for me to see what it was, and he tried to describe – uh, to me kind of briefly what it was going to look like around here, um, what they're going to do with the street in front of McGugan, kind of what the idea is for us next season, how it might work. Um, and honestly, all of it sounds like it's not set in stone, but I thought that it looked awesome. I don't know where it's all going to go. Like it, it, I, it doesn't process in my mind how we can make the spaces that we have now look like that. And uh, I think it's going to be amazing to kind of see that whole transition take place. Who knows how long it's going to take? I mean, they say, uh, I think, you know, they said two years or something. But, you know, in my experience, two years typically isn't two years. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I'm, I'm willing to be patient to see it because they look really cool. And I think this is absolutely the step that needed to be taken to uh, make Vanderbilt a place that's interesting to recruits that you know can stay relevant to the other SEC schools that you know have so much more invested into what their athletics and uh, student athlete experiences look like. And um, I think that this is uh, a huge, a huge step for Vanderbilt, and I'm super excited, and obviously super excited to play in a stadium that looks like that. You know, by that time we're going to be winning games. Uh, big games and that place is going to be packed out and it is going to be a really cool place to play. That's funny that you said it because the, what you said is almost exactly what I said. You look at a space for years and you know what it is. And then you see this design where it's totally overhauled. And I think you used the phrase that you couldn't process it. That's almost exactly what I said when we did a podcast about this Friday, it was so overwhelmingly different that it was hard to wrap my head around that first day. And I think once I slept on it and, and took another look at it, not that I didn't think it was really cool the first time, 
But once it has a chance to sink in and process and you kind of visualize in your head how it's going to look after you see the renderings, that space, everything that I've heard, you know, both what's out there publicly and some other details that I've been given privately, and I, I don't know nearly as much as I want to know, but it's it's going to be a super cool space for you guys. I, I hope you're, I hope they get it done in time for you to see it. I have concerns about that too, but you know, I, I guess at least it's something that you can kind of know that when you come back to campus years from now, you know, whether you plan it or not, you guys yeah. are going to see it and it represents a huge step uh, for the program. But with that, when did you see the renderings for the first time? Were you like the rest of us where you saw it, where the school released it on Friday afternoon? Yeah, I, I I saw it with everyone else, and as, as right after I saw it, uh, we weren't in the stadium uh, too much longer after that, and um, I was, you know, had kind of like the mental image of like a giant, like, uh, kind of modern looking roof and balcony, whatever it was, and I'm like looking at the different end zones of the stadium. I'm like, so this is gonna go here, and I'm like trying to imagine like, kind of the the glass uh, railings that that are like field level like people standing there it's i was like this could be really cool and like a jumbotron or a screen at the top corner i was like wow like this would be really neat so it, it it's really exciting but no i didn't i didn't get any uh, sneak peek preview of it of all the things that you have seen in there or heard about what are the the things that you like the most um I really like the practice facility, the new indoor that's going to be up. Uh, I think that's going to be really pretty and really beautiful, um, especially, you know, having like one side that's like glass and opens up to like the grass practice field. Um, I think that's just going to look like state of the art, like top notch for any school and any conference. It's going to look really, really nice. And um, the I've heard like McGugan's going to be, I don't know, like four stories or something. I have like four different floors to it. So uh, I'm really excited to see what that space will look like and how that completely transforms. But, you know, really, you know, I'm just interested to see like where our, you know, football operation and meetings and everything's going to start taking place. And I want to, I want to see all of it. Like I, when they build a new stadium, I want to go walk around, see where the fans sit, like, just check out everything about it because that's it's going to be really cool and uh, see see where the locker rooms are going to be, how everything's laid out. I mean, it's uh, I wish I could see it now. <laughs> they haven't shown me anything like that, but um, uh, no, it, I'm really excited to see it all. Yeah, the glass side of the indoor practice facility is one thing that caught my eye too. I thought that's going to be really beautiful. Um, yeah. you know, most of those, like of those indoor practice facilities, like, like when we see them, they all look the same, right? Uh, they, they're all these buildings with white walls. Like you could, you could remove mm -hmm. the signage at most of these places. And, and just from like a camera angle, when you're seeing interviews and those things at different places, like you can't tell if it's Vanderbilt or TSU right. or, or Penn, like they all look the same. I thought that was really cool. It's a gonna, it looked to me like a really beautiful space. And then the other thing with that, and this has really struck me, I mean, it had before, but covering fall camp this year kind of hammered at home. Like how many times did you guys have to stop practice because there was lightning in the area and you guys <laughs> all had to go 
across through that that old volleyball court or whatever that I don't think anybody even uses anymore. Go up those steps, go under those trees, then walk in the indoor. And, and then it clears and you walk back and, and, and you just go back and forth and people are having to haul equipment and whatever they're having to haul. And we're having to go back and forth and I'm sitting there writing something on my computer. And, and then next thing I know, you guys are all heading out, so I'm scrambling to to pack up my stuff and keep with you. I just think that and an expanded weight room, which I need to know more about. But you know, you guys, I think, have had to take shifts in the weight room before because there just hadn't been enough weights and enough space to get everybody in at once, yeah. depending on the time of day. I just think from not just an aesthetic standpoint, but from a standpoint of convenience, uh, this this is going to be something. With everything right there together, at a at a time where your time is really limited, right? Just the back and yeah. forth, and, and the, the having to do all those little things, and you do that a couple hundred times over the course of a season. That's a lot of time. That's another thing about that I thought was really cool was how it's all right there together, and I think that's going to be so much more convenient on all you guys. Yeah, and you know, even whenever so like if we were in meetings and the lighting started before we even got out in the practice field, uh, we wouldn't be able to even walk to the indoor. So what they'd have to do is we got these vans that we had two vans that can seat 12 people each. And so we'd run the vans from McGugan all the way to the indoor so that like, we're not getting like hit by lightning and walking over to the indoor. So that that's how we had to get there for practices. Like the vans would just make their rounds and get all the players there. And then once, practice is over we have to get back on the vans and take them back to mcgugan and it's only like you know a 60 second or a two minute ride and it's not long but it's just like you know a bunch of sweaty football players <laughs> packed up in a van it's just like holy smokes like is this really like the best way to do this so um yeah absolutely and i think that was like a huge part of uh, what coach lee was advocating for is like just having an indoor that's connected to the facility so like these things don't need to happen because it's just ridiculous sometimes. Haven't you guys also had to take weights over to the indoor practice facility? Uh, there's, if we want to go work out in there and you know, like if we have a certain workout that we need to do and it's raining or it's not something we can do outside, then yeah, there are times when uh, we do take equipment over there. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Um, anything else about the facilities that, that caught your eye that's, worth the discussion. I mean, you may, you may not know any more than I do. Uh, and I need to know a lot more. I mean, a lot of what I've seen is the renderings and by the way, the basketball thing's going to be really cool too. Um, yeah. And, and that'll be, that'll be, it'll, the, the backdrop of both end zones is going to be remarkably different than it's been. But I just wanted to, before we close, see if there's anything else that you wanted to talk about with the facilities or, or maybe anything else that we didn't get to today. No, I think, uh, I think we hit it all. I'm super excited to see uh, those facilities. I think, you know, don't they start as soon as the season's over? I, I think that the construction on the football stuff is going to start after next season, to be honest. They're, they're going to have to st construct the power plant or the utility plant is what I've heard. So, unfortunately, I don't know that ground is going to break on that until after next season, which I think is, is really unfortunate because I'd love to see you and a lot of your teammates be able to get in there as, as soon as you can. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, um, no, I think, uh, I think we nailed it all. Hey, Ken, thanks for your time today. Best of luck against Ole Miss. Awesome. Thank you again, Chris.
Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.